Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. Okay. And so what that means is that whenever you hear a testimony about what Jesus has done or is doing in somebody's life, it carries a prophetic anointing with it. Come on now. There's a prophetic anointing with that prophetic anointing because the word testimony in the Hebrew language comes from the root Hebrew word that means do it again. Come on now. So that's why he told the people of Israel to remember my commandments, to remember my statutes, and to remember the testimonies. Because once you hear somebody give a testimony, it's releasing a prophetic anointing that's screaming out, if you can receive this, I'll do it again in your life. Come on now. I'll do it for you. That which I did for somebody else because I'm no respecter of persons. So as Derek just shares for a few moments here tonight about what the Lord has done for him just, just recently, uh, you, uh, just let it be an encouragement and say to the Lord, do it again. Come on now and do it in me in Jesus' name. Let me go over here. Okay, all right, go ahead. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I thank you for the opportunity to share what's been happening in my life. You can probably notice that uh, I've had some better days, uh, wearing something here on my nose that I typically that don't think is much of a fashion statement. Give me a chair. Just a chair. Um, Just get, as get, get. I like to say, it's like, well, you should see the right. other guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other guy happened to be a table, and the table won. <laughs> Come on now. Prior to that, though, uh, I came down with COVID. So. COVID, uh, the day after Memorial Day, and then this. So one thing after another, all I can say is, I think where there's smoke, there is fire. <laughs> and if, you know, uh, I'm a bit of a geek, I play video games, and in video games, if you are going where there, and finding enemies, you know you're going in the right direction. So... <laughs> Apparently, I'm going in the right direction, and one of my friends, he encouraged me by saying, well, it would seem the enemy finds you worthy of attack, because mm. that uh, is where a Christian needs to be. You don't want to be in a place where the enemy doesn't find you worthy of attack. That's right. So, in the midst of all this, though, it's not fun. That's right. It's not fun. <laughs> I broke my nose. I literally broke my nose. I, I mm. got up too, I was coughing in the middle of the night, probably COVID related, and I stood up too quickly. My head went light. I stumbled forward and I slammed my nose into a table. Mm. The blood was all over my room. My, my place looked like an, a crime scene all over the floor. I was spitting <laughs> out blood all over the sink. And I, you know, the hand of God must have been upon me because. I stopped the bleed. I applied direct pressure, stopped the bleeding, and I was able to fall back asleep again because there's no place that's going to be open at uh, 5:30 in the morning. 
So I woke up and I was still bleeding and I said, okay, this is, this is not good, not good. I'm going to the emergency room. Emergency uh, in Pasadena took one look at my nose and said, that's bad. Mm-hmm. We can't do anything for you. You need to go to Kaiser Sunset where they have plastic surgeons and you need to do it today or else you might not be able to breathe properly through your nose from here on out. So I was like, okay, well, there I go. Off to Kaiser Sunset I went. And so I arrived at noon, and it wasn't until 5 p.m. in which they actually admitted me, mm. and they stitched it back up about, well, just shy of a dozen stitches. Wow. And, uh, well, the entire time I reached out, I mean, what am I going to do? Sitting in the uh, waiting room for five hours, I was texting people, saying, hey, you know, I could really use some prayer right now. <laughs> I could really appreciate it. And people responded. They reached Amen. out. They loved me. Thank you. And uh, I think, you know, how God is able to work all things for the good of those who love him and call according to his purpose, that was the silver lining. That was God working by the encouragement of my brothers and sisters who were praying for me. Amen. Amen. So I guess all that is to set up what happened uh, when I finally got home at close to midnight by the end of the day. And... Uh, I was laying in bed, I fell asleep, and I started to have a dream. The dream was extremely vivid. I was at on the second story of this building overlooking this beautiful park, and I could see people kind of down there, and suddenly this woman burst out in song, and it was the most beautiful, unearthly voice I had ever heard. And she was singing, and I was like, wow, that is an amazing, amazing song. I wish I could remember it. Uh, And then another voice, a male voice, joined her, and they sang this beautiful duet together. And apparently, the lyrics of the song were extremely funny, too, because periodically through the song, the rest of the group that was with them would just burst out in laughter. Mm -hmm. So as I woke up, the, the tune and the melody was still in my head. I was talking to the Lord about this. And I said, wow, that was, that was amazing, God. And um, God said, well, I'm glad I, that you appreciated and were ministered to by the angels I sent to sing mm. to you. Wow, wow, went, wow. Yes, that was very effective. I was very encouraged by that. Thank you, Lord. That is your care for me. Mm. And he says, oh, and by the way, those other voices that you heard, those were the angels that all your praying brothers and sisters dispatched to you Mm. when they were praying for you. Wow, wow. So the power of prayer. Yes. God answers. Come on. God loves each and every one of us. Yes. And he has an angel specifically assigned to each one of you. And he is for you. And he is guiding you that even in the most difficult circumstances, he will walk you through it and yeah. see you through it and help you be victorious in the midst of it. Amen. Woo, come Hope on now. Oh, amen. Thank you, Derek. Man, appreciate that. Man, let that, let that uh, just bring hope to your heart tonight. Man, no matter what you're going through, yes. Okay. I said uh, whatever you're going through tonight, whatever you're facing, man, let that bring hope to you. In the name of Jesus, man, God is for you, and he is not against you. And, man, if he, if he has to, he's going to send angels to encourage you and, uh, and uh, just to bring joy 
and peace to your heart in the midst of everything that's going on. Well, listen, uh, before I teach tonight, and um, I got my dad here tonight. I'm a come on, yeah, come on, somebody. I'm a I'm a fourth, yeah, I'm a fourth generational pastor, and uh, our family's been do, ministering, uh, pastoring, and doing the full-time ministry for 125 years now and uh and so my dad's been doing it he's been preaching for 60 years he pastored for 50 years and uh and so he's still preaching he's going to preach in fact he's going he's going to preach uh this sunday morning in santa Ana, and then he's going to preach next thursday night he's going to be teaching here tonight so just one week only so i want to encourage you to come back next thursday tell some people about it listen my dad has an incredible he's been teaching the word of god for 60 years he's uh, he's got just high levels of wisdom that just flows, revelatory understanding that flows out of him. You were going to be extremely blessed by that. And so, but uh, um, uh, I'm going to have him come up here and just share for, just for a few minutes first, for five minutes, and then before I teach here. And, uh, and so uh, uh, open up your heart and just receive this. Come on up here, Dad. Come on. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here tonight. I've been watching this program uh, online now for quite a while and been watching you people online and hearing the word online. And it's the first time I'm able to be here. What an honor it is for me to be here. And I just want to sh uh, share a little nugget with you before I turn it back to my son. And that is uh, um, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. Just let you know that I'm going to be 82 at the end of the month. <laughs> I'm going to be 82, but don't let that fool you. I am on fire! Hallelujah! Woo, come on! <laughs> hallelujah. So, That's awesome. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm like the burning bush in the wilderness. Hallelujah. I don't burn out. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's and awesome. I got a voice coming out of me that's going to touch the world for Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo, come Hallelujah. On. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> on the book of Isaiah, a chapter. Uh, Here you go, Dad. Yeah, give me those yeah. cheaters. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 is prophecy, of course, of the coming of the Lord. And it starts out by prophesying about uh, about John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness, and he's preparing the way. And in verse 9, he says, O Zion, that bringeth good tidings. That's the gospel. Amen? Amen. It's not bad tidings. I don't come here to give bad tidings. I came to give good tidings. Amen? Amen. Good tidings. To make you happy. Hallelujah. Yeah. To give you joy, to give you peace. That's the purpose of the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and it says, uh, it says, uh, um, to, to give, uh, to, to uh, get thee up on the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice. That's me. Are you hearing me? I said, lift up thy voice. That's me. Can you hear me tonight? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up and be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah. Here it is. This is the message right here. 
Behold your God. Yes. Not behold your theory, not behold your philosophy, not behold my, what I'm thinking. This is an actual coming of God on the earth. Hallelujah. Now, Emmanuel, God with us. Here is the key. The book of Joshua, chapter 23 and verse 14. And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And you shall know in all your hearts and all your souls, listen to this, that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you, all are come to pass unto you, and not one thing has failed. Amen, amen. That is the most tremendous verse in the Bible. That's awesome. Somebody said to my son years ago, well, you win some and you lose some. And he was, his response to them is this is not the NFL. That's right. And you know that in baseball, anybody that's batting 300 a lifetime is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And here we have somebody that's batting 1,000. Hallelujah. Come on now. Not one thing has failed. That's and right. that's the good news I got for you tonight. Hallelujah. I don't care where you're at and what you're going through. I'm telling you right now, not one thing God has promised you will fail. All. Oh, everybody say all. 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 We'll come to pass. We'll come Amen. to pass. Woo. <laughs> come on now. Come on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> come on, somebody. Oh, man. Listen, I'm going to be 59 in August. And, man, when I'm 82, I hope I'm still preaching. Come on now. I'm still teaching, and I'm still fired up. Man, you don't go to sleep when my dad's teaching and preaching. Come on now. And uh, he's a Pentecostal to the bone, you know what I'm saying, kind of thing, and uh, fired up all the time. So there is never Man, you should drive in the car with my dad. Oh, my God. You were like, uh, man, he all of a sudden, he just like, boom, just about to have a heart attack. Kind of thing. Catches you off guard every time. Ooh, but man, when he starts shouting under the anointing, things break free in the realm of the Spirit. Come on now. And I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, man, receive that as a word from the Lord. Whatever you're believing God for tonight, God every single time has come through and for you. Now, I want to continue to talk about, um, and this is the thought, this will be my fifth message. So if you haven't heard any of the other ones or all of them, you can go and listen to them online, to the website, or to the podcast. Uh, but this is using your faith to increase your capacity to receive a greater measure of the blessing. Let me say that again. How to use your faith to increase your capacity to receive a greater measure of the blessing in your life. So in Galatians chapter 3, verse 9, it says this. And so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too. Or the faith of blessing, the, excuse me, the faith of Abraham brought this blessing upon him. So the faith of Abraham caused this blessing. Abraham is called the father of all faith. 
and uh, he came out of a Gentile, <clears throat> pagan civilization. He was 10 generations from Noah. He was alive during the Tower of Babel. God, somehow he heard the voice of God and said, I want you to leave your civilization, leave your culture, leave your people, leave your family, and begin to walk towards a city that I am building, and I'll show you. So Abraham got up, come on now, without a map, without Google Maps, come on now, without a Bible, without a Bible study, without, come on now, without a vehicle, and began to walk by faith, and as he began to do that, God began to direct and order his steps and got him eventually to that place. And in that journey, Abraham began to understand that he, God says, you are blessed and no matter what takes place in your life. So as you look at the life of Abraham, no matter what happened in his life, no matter what people did to him, no, what, no matter what they stole from him, no matter how they, they bewitched him, no matter what they spoke against him, no matter even, even, even when Abraham made decisions that were not to his benefit, God stepped in. There was one time where he was, there was a king that really liked his wife, Sarah, come on now, and it says that he literally threw Sarah under the bus to save his own skin. Come on now, you listen to me. And when he, even when he did that, God showed up in a dream at night and told the king, you touch that woman, I'll come and kill you personally. Come on now. Come on. So even when Abraham, come on, made bad decisions, the blessing was on him. Come on now. And everything, everywhere he went, as long as he kept on moving in faith, the blessing kept on manifesting in his life. Okay. So I, I spent four weeks talking about that now here in verse 13 it says yet christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law he absorbed the curse completely and became the curse in our place for it is written everyone who hangs upon a tree is doubly cursed jesus our messiah was cursed in our place and in so doing dissolved the curse from off of our lives so that all of the blessings that came upon Abraham could now be poured out even upon us who are non-Jewish believers. And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who is the promise of the Father who lives within us. And when we believe, when we believe, when we believe in Him. So the Apostle Paul is saying that Jesus became this curse that the blessings that were on Abraham, the blessing, and I said a couple of weeks ago, that blessing is this. No matter where Abraham was, no matter what was happening in his life, whatever he needed to happen in that moment, it happened. The blessing became whatever he needed at that time in real time in his life. That's the blessing. That's what you can expect God to do for you. And so it says that Jesus became this curse, that that kind of blessing. Uh, I just want to say, because when you begin, if you could walk out of here understanding that you have that kind of blessing on you, it don't matter what doors get shut in your face. doesn't matter what doors open or don't, no matter who gets you connected, who promises you something and doesn't do it kind of thing, no matter who's talking against you, talking behind your back, doesn't matter if it's a relative, your mate, a friend, a close friend, come on now, your boss, whatever it may be, somebody, uh, come on, that you, that you thought was really with you and then you found out that they were really um, using you kind 
kind of thing and misusing you and just uh, using you uh, and taking advantage of everything, uh, no matter what it is that happened to Abraham. All of that that I just said all happened to Abraham, and yet he kept on moving forward knowing that even when his nephew Lot took the best land and left Abraham with the desert, he went out and started digging wells, and wherever he dug, well water came up. Why? Because he said, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. He said, oh, man, no matter what happened, I'm, I'm blessed. I can live, I can be blessed in the desert. Come on now. Lot ended up where he chose, ended up becoming Sodom and Gomorrah. He chose, he should have, he should have chose better. But when Abraham ended up in the desert, blessing everywhere, he went all over him. Come on now. Because he simply walked by faith. Faith is what causes. And that word might there, I said a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think it was, is the, it, is the, it is the Greek verb tense, okay, because it's not saying, well, God might do it for this person, and he might do it for you, or he might not do it for you kind of thing. No, it is, it is what they call the, the, it's written in the subjective mood, the subjective mood or the mood of possibility. So what it's saying here is the Apostle Paul is saying that God is literally laying out a buffet of blessing before you and it's up to you to come and take it. It, it might be yours, but it's going to be your faith that apprehends that. It's going to be your faith that increases the capacity to be able to receive that. Come on now. So it has to be living faith. Because we're living in a culture now where there's all kinds. People say they have faith, but their faith is not living. Come on now. I like to phrase it like this. A lot of people uh, have abstract faith. Uh, they're, they, they say that they're people of faith. If they fill out a survey or, they, or they're asked a question, they, they'll say that I'm a person of faith, but it's not a living faith. It is what I refer to as an abstract faith, a faith that has no definition to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can't define their faith. Kind of thing. They don't want to define their faith, and they want it to be abstract, and so they, they you know, kind of thing, and so they're like out there, and they, they believe in the universe, you know what I'm saying? They believe in a superpower kind of thing. They believe that something out there, they believe, they, they call them, they, they'll say that they're spiritual people kind of thing. Well, psychics and witches are spiritual people kind of thing, and so just because you say that you're a person of faith doesn't mean that you actually have a faith faith that's living. Come on now. And then there's a faith that I see that's out there I I refer to as a, a ceremonial faith. Kind of thing. It's a ceremony. It's not living, but it's a ceremonial faith. And so they 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 they'll go to to different churches and different denominations, and they'll show up and they and they're not. They, they, you know they 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 just kind of think it's not living, but they're uh, you know it's like they're not against mm, what you're doing. Kind of thing. They're not against uh, if there's somebody stands up in church, they'll stand up. And if they sing, they'll sing. If they clap, they'll clap. Kind of thing right there. And so they're not against it. So they 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 they, they like the whole ceremony kind of thing. And so uh, they. They, they, they like the, to have a Christian wedding ceremony kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Ever been to a wedding where they want Jesus to walk down the center aisle at the wedding, but then the devil runs the reception? Come on, you know what I'm saying, kind of thing. Oh, that's what, that's what I've been to a lot of weddings like that. I'm like, oh, my God, they got the man. This, this is anything but a Jesus wedding right there, right? But they're like, oh, my God, I'm a person of faith. They like this, so, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what I'm saying. They, they like, they're like, they're, they're not against, you know, having, uh, dedicating their babies uh, to the Lord, so they want to 
have that, that uh, ceremony right there kind of thing. But they like to do that, but they have really no real intention of raising that child in the ways of God kind of thing. Um, they're like, uh, if you say they need to be baptized, they're like, oh, that sounds wonderful kind of thing. <laughs> so they'll go through the ceremony. It's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. I've been wet before. And uh, so, you know what I'm saying? But uh, as they go through the ceremony, they go down. Come on now. A, they come on. They show up a dry center and they come up a wet center. Come on now. And, uh, and because nothing changes because when you have ceremonial faith uh, and you end up doing Christian ceremonial stuff kind of thing, when you don't understand what you're doing, there's no power in it. No power, no power, no power. And nothing changes. The only kind of faith that can be transferred is a living faith. Come on now. That's the only kind of faith. Uh, uh, so I, I, I this one. My dear, my dad, right here, right here. I got, I got a, my grandfather. I got a great uncle. I don't know how many years. I know at least 125 years. Our family goes back, and the faith has been transferred. Come on now. Been transferred from generation to generation to generation. Come on now. And somebody I heard once said, well, you can't, I, I just want, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want, you can't teach my, I can't teach my children to believe in God kind of thing. And I'm like, what, what kind of stupidity is that kind of thing? You can teach them all everything else, but you can't teach them to believe in God. Uh, what you're really saying is you can't give them what you don't have. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you really know that you don't have something living on the inside of you, and so therefore you can't really give. But if you got something living on the inside of you, I promise you, you can teach your children to receive that which you have right there. And so that's why the Apostle Paul told his spiritual son Timothy, he said, listen, uh, in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he says to him, listen, uh, listen, I see the faith that's in you. I see it work, and I see it's living. I can see it manifesting, but I just, I've made the observation that the faith that's in you Timothy was first in your grandmother and then in your mother and now I see it in you because it was living in your grandmother and living in your mom it has been transferred to you transfer transferred whatever in your spirit can be transferred whether it's good or bad I've been in situations where I've been with some, you know, people that are believers and we've get all, gone into circumstances or in a family situations kind of thing and, and they have like a, there's like a, just like a negative spirit. There's a, a doubting spirit. There's a whining spirit. There's a complaining spirit. There's a judgmental spirit. And now you spend the day with these people and I've noticed as we walk away that the people that are with me are different now. Uh, they, they weren't judgmental and critical and negative. Come on now, full of doubt before we walked in. But by the time we spent eight, ten hours with these people or a couple of days, that spirit that's in them has transferred to them. Come on now. And now it is literally influencing their actions, their words, their thinking kind of thing. Good or bad. So believe me, when you have a living faith, come on now. It can be transferred to anybody, your children, your co-workers, come on now. And so it's so, so important because faith is the essential ingredient to receiving the blessing. Faith is the essential ingredient. Uh, I like to cook. 
Uh, I love to cook, actually. And that all started. My mom's not here. She's back home with, uh, with, my, with, my mo- with Sue tonight. And, uh, but my mom, I, when I was a little kid, I was a very picky eater kind of thing. And so there I wo- she kind of woke up one day and just said, listen, I'm tired of making two meals uh, every dinner kind of thing. So from, from today, you're going to begin to learn to cook yourself, young man. And, uh, and so if you don't like what I cook for dinner, tough. You're going to cook, either you're going to eat it or you're going to cook yourself something else, but I'm not cooking any other meals for you. So I learned to cook kind of thing. Now, one of the things that my mom really throwing up made was when we had like turkey, mashed potatoes, and gravy. My mom makes the best turkey gravy you ever had on this. I can literally drink it with a straw. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. I mean, literally, that's all. In fact, if you were here last Thanksgiving for our thing, I made that, come on now, that, 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 that gravy. And I had at least 20 people come up to me and say how awesome that gravy was. Well, that recipe came from my mom kind of thing, okay? And so I learned how to do that and so um I was listening to a while a person that I know kind of thing talking about making gravy kind of thing and he didn't he really wasn't a cook he didn't really learn but he was like his wife wasn't home kind of thing and he just thought he would make some noodles and some gravy kind of thing poured on the kind of thing and so he's there and he's never really cooked much and so he's looking in the cupboard kind of thing and he sees flour he sees flour, and then he sees uh, baking soda, and uh, he's looking at both of these things, and they kind of look the same kind of thing, and he doesn't has a clue, and so he's like, flour, flour. So he has no idea, literally flour. So he's thinking garden, flour, flour. Flowers are in the garden, right, kind of thing. I, I'm trying to bake something here, baking soda, okay, okay, kind of thing. So um, this sounds like this is what I'm supposed to use, baking soda kind of thing. So he's trying to make the gravy, so now he poured all kinds of baking soda instead of flour because the key, the essential ingredient for gravy is flour. Come on now, right? And so, but now he's not using the essential ingredient. He's using baking soda. Come on now, baking soda, baking soda in that kind of thing. So he's like, I mean, and he didn't know anything, man. He was going at it. Come on. He was going for it. Come on. He thought he was doing it. Come on now. Making the gravy. He got the noodles. He put the gravy on it and he tasted it. And it was like the nastiest thing he ever had in his life. His wife walked into the door. She says, what are you doing? And she says, well, I tried. I was trying to make something to eat and I made this gravy, but I don't, I don't think you're going to like it kind of thing. And no, 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 no. And so he said, you know what? They had a little dog. They had a little dog. You know, dogs almost will eat anything kind of thing, right? And so we have a little dog. My, my daughter has a little dog. And uh, he'll, he'll just about eat anything kind of thing. And so uh, he's like, man, I'm going to give it to the dog. Give it to the dogs eat anything, right? So he put it down. They put a whole big plate of it down. With the dog. But the dog didn't even eat it. Come on, the dog. It was so nasty. Not even a dog wanted to eat it. That's how bad it was. Come on now. What am I trying to say? Faith. Come on now. Right now, right now. If you want to see, come on now. Because faith, 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 faith. Faith is the substance is the key essential ingredient that makes promises manifest. Come on. That bring hope into existence. That causes dreams to become a reality. That causes miracles to take place in your life. This table is made out of a particular substance. This floor is made out of a particular substance. This chair is made out of a particular substance. This keyboard is made out of a particular substance. This stand is made out of a particular And God says, I make miracles. I manifest promises, I cause divine healings to take place, but I have to use an essential ingredient, uh, a particular substance, 
called faith. It's a spiritual cell. You're listening to me. Come on now. So when you cry out to God, God, oh God, send me down a miracle. God said, well, let me see. If you send me up some faith, come on, I need some substance to make the miracle, to cause the promise to manifest. But until I get the substance from you, Mm, that what you desire it is the it is like the flower to the gravy right here come on now right here is what God wants to do in your life mm, not one word has failed everything came to pass when people released the essential ingredient called the substance of faith that causes what you're hoping God will do to manifest in your life. Uh, faith is not only the essential ingredient, it is a fundamental uh, ingredient of the kingdom of God. It's the fundamental. When you go to school, you have to learn the fundamentals of reading and writing. If you learn to read and writing, it's foundational and fundamental, then it makes all of the rest of life go a whole lot easier. But if you don't know how to read or write, in life is going to be a whole lot more difficult for you and so faith is foundational and fundamental come on now once you learn how to take this key ingredient and walk by faith come on now it is the fun it is um, it makes walking in the kingdom of God a whole lot easier come on now it's like learning how to read once you learn how to walk by faith and I know when we start out doing it it's a little scarier but I'm telling you right now when you begin the more you do it the easier it gets come on the more confidence that you have it's fundamental and it makes your journey with the Lord a whole lot easier come on now are you are you following me here tonight come on now this is what faith is in our lives it's it's living it's essential it's foundational it's fundamental uh, it must it must be coming flowing out of our lives kind of thing and uh, faith 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 is the currency of the kingdom of God uh, faith is the currency the currency the currency uh, this is what how God works just like your money is the currency that you buy and purchase things here in the United States uh, faith is how you how you that's why hebrews 11 5 says that if you are going to experience uh the blessing of god in your life you've got to <clears throat> diligently seek after him right and it says that he rewards those who diligently seek after him by faith uh, diligently come on he rewards, he rewards. the whole kingdom of God is based on a reward system uh, yeah, 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 yeah. not a welfare system a reward system come on now uh, I know everybody needs help at some time and some point in our life kind of thing but I, I'm saying that to, to 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 kind of break the thing where listen I'm telling you right now right now that this right here these words right here from God create faith when the Holy Spirit <laughs> blows on it come on and it causes supernatural things to take place in our lives by faith by faith walking by faith and here's what happens now walking by faith increases your capacity uh, to um, receive a greater measure of the blessing so here's what faith will do here's what faith will do it will it will cause you 
when you're walking by faith, there will be things the Holy Spirit leads us, right? The Apostle Paul says, the blessing of Abraham has come upon us in Christ. And he says, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is the promise of the Father. So the promise of the Father is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is the blessing of Abraham. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who leads God and directs us and executes this as we're moving by faith. Come on now. By faith into this thing. And so as you as you're, as you walk, that's how Abraham did it kind of thing. Um, Samuel did the same thing. Samuel did the same thing. I just want me to illustrate it in a, in a little bit here. Samuel did the same thing. As you walk by faith, you begin to recognize. Let me just put it like this. Your ability to recognize by way of revelation what the Lord is doing in front of you and for you will increase your capacity to receive the blessing. Let me say that again. Your ability to recognize by faith to recognize by way of revelation, come on now, as you're walking by faith, revelatory understanding is going to come, you're going to, you have to learn to recognize the moment, recognize the moment in your life, and when you recognize that, it will begin to open up a greater expansion in your spirit, man, to be able to hear and to experience the blessing of God. So Samuel now, you know, his, his mother ex- did this, and, and he's dedicated to the Lord, and he grows up in the temple and kind of thing. And so the Bible records that Samuel, everything that he prophesied, not one of his words fell to the ground. He's a powerful prophet of God. That means that everything he prophesied took place. Yeah. In fact, when he walked into cities and villages, the elders that sat at the gate trembled, the Bible says. They trembled uh, and hoping that Samuel had a good prophetic word for them. Come on now. Because they know if he's going to say something, he didn't have a good prophetic word for them. Whatever he said was going to happen in their life. Come on now. And so when he prophesied about Saul becoming the king, and, uh, and then Saul turned his back on God and compromised him and loved the appearance opinions and the uh, of men over the uh, over the the word of God and and it says that God came to him the word of the Lord came to Saul through Samuel that God is going to rip the kingdom from you Saul God wanted to do so much more in you Saul but God is going to take the kingdom from you and he's going to give it to another person and and so the Bible records that Saul actually slipped into a place of discouragement if not depression And he's sitting there and God comes to Samuel and says to him, he says, how long are you going to sit there doing nothing? I've given you a word. I've given you a gift, a call, an anointing, the authority to use it. How long are you going to sit there? Because you got to understand that this is the first king of Israel. He's the, mm, the, the first prophet right there that, that, that is literally issued and ushered into the, the new, the first king of this new nation kind of thing. And he's invested everything he had in Saul. I don't know if you've ever been there, had somebody in your life where you've invested so much in them and then in the end they just walked away from all of it kind of thing. And so it really it broke the heart of Samuel kind of thing. And, but God says, listen, I've already, I've, I have left Saul and I've moved on into the future. 
Now, you can get up and move into the future with me, and, or you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself, but I've already picked somebody out, and I need you to get up and go to the house of Jesse, and I need you to anoint that new king. So what did Samuel? Now, Samuel's been in this and walking by faith. Come on now. Speaking the word of the Lord um, for, um, for years now, and he's recognized that as he just hears the word of the Lord, he begins to walk. He begins to walk, and he doesn't know who it is. Come on now. He doesn't know the name of the person he's supposed to anoint. He doesn't know which son it's going to be. He doesn't know if it's the oldest, the middle, the youngest kind of thing. He doesn't have, God doesn't tell him any kind of details whatsoever. But he gets and he begins to move forward. Come on now. And when he gets there, because he's been walking in obedience to God all of these years kind of thing, by faith, are you listening to me? He literally could recognize David when he showed up in his, in his, in his presence. You've got to learn how to recognize the moment before you right there. You've got to recognize that moment. And, uh, and so when you do that, you can literally act. For, that's what Bartimaeus did. They said Jesus of Nazareth is walking by. He recognized this was his moment. Come on now. And he started to scream out by faith and he didn't care what people said to him and Jesus called him and said what do you want me to do come on now because he recognized his moment his faith increased his capacity to receive a supernatural miraculous blessing of his eyes being restored to see again you got to recognize the moment you got to recognize by way of if you want your capacity to increase, to receive greater blessing. You've got to recognize the moment. Look here at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. I'm going to read this. This is, uh, this is when Jesus goes to his hometown, right? So Jesus has gone, been baptized. The Holy Spirit has come <clears throat> upon him. In verse 1, it says, from that moment of his baptism, Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Overflowing with the Holy Spirit. We're not, it's not good enough to have 60%. Come on now. 70% or even 100%. You need to be overflowing. Come on now. 100% is for you. The overflow is for everybody else. And so Jesus was constantly overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Come on. And it says here in, in this chapter, it says when he came, I'm reading from verse 16, when he came to Nazareth where he had been raised up, <clears throat> he went into the synagogue as he always did on the Sabbath day. And when Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and the spirit <clears throat> where it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to be the hope to be the hope, to be the hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. Uh, and I have come to share the message of Jubilee from this time forward of God's great acceptance has begun for all people. And after he read this, he rolled up the scroll and handed it back to the minister and he sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. And then he added these scriptures and came, they came true. He said, these scriptures have come true today in front of you. Everyone was impressed by how well Jesus spoke. They were in awe of his beautiful words. 
words of grace that came from his lips, but then they were, they were surprised at his presumption to speak as a prophet. So they said among themselves, who does he think he is? This is Joseph's son who grew up here in Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I suppose you will quote me this proverb, doctor, go and heal yourself before you try to heal others. And, you, and, uh, and you'll say, work the miracles here in your hometown that, you, um, that we heard you do in Capernaum. And, but let me tell you, no prophet is welcomed or honored in his own hometown. Isn't it true that there were many widows, many widows, many widows, many widows that were in the land of Israel during the days of the prophet Elijah when he locked up the heavens for three and a half years and brought a devastation, devastating famine upon the land, but he, but he wasn't sent to any of the widows living in that region. Instead, he was sent to a foreign place to the widow of Zarephath of Zidon. <clears throat> or have you not considered that the prophet Elisha healed only Naaman the Syrian rather than one of the many other Jewish lepers living in the land when everyone present heard these words, they erupted with furious rage. They mobbed Jesus and threw him out of the city, dragging him to the edge of the cliff of the hill in which the city had been built upon, ready to hurl him off the cliff. But when he walked right through the crowd, leaving them all stunned by the power of his presence and his words. Uh, here Jesus comes out of the wilderness, overflowing with the Holy Spirit goes to Capernaum, does signs, wonders, miracles, healings. Lives by the hundreds are radically churned around. And now he goes to his own hometown there in Nazareth where he grew up. He takes uh, the scroll, begins to read from the book of Isaiah about him, and he quotes that and he says, he gets up and he, he gives the scroll, sits down. By the way, by the way, when he sat down, Hebrew uh, tradition teaches this, that there was always a chair on the platform that was reserved for the Messiah. Uh, Jesus went down, went over, and sat in the chair. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That was reserved for the Messiah. Come on now. Woo, and then he said, today, mm, what I just read to you, it's happening right in front of you. Come on now. And they're like, what the heck does this guy think he's doing? Come on now. Come on now. Yeah, he speaks real good. But man, he, if he thinks he's the Messiah, he's got another thing coming. We need to take him down a couple of notches. So they say the phrase, "Is are you not the son of Joseph? Come on now. And they were saying it in such a way because they knew that he really wasn't the son of Joseph. What they were saying, isn't this the bastard? Come on now. Come on now. Isn't this the illegitimate child of Mary? We know that she, uh, that she had an affair and she fornicated and he is the fruit of that fornication and that he is nothing more than a bastard. Come on now. So they're, they're trying to bring him down a few notches. You're a bastard. You are not a Messiah. And, uh, and yet Jesus stood his ground kind of thing and said, oh, man, I know, I know you want me to do the miracles that I did in Capernaum, but you, have, you do not recognize who's standing before you. Uh, you don't recognize. You can't recognize. So he illustrates. Uh, 
Mm, wasn't it with the prophet Elijah when he closed up the heavens? He, had, he could have been sent to all kinds of widows in Israel, but none of them recognized the prophet mantle upon the man called Elijah. He had to be sent outside of the nation to a widow who had the faith, come on now, to recognize who was standing. So when he showed up and he said to the widow, listen now, she said, I got like a little bit of meal, I'm making a little, little biscuit, a little bread here, I got a little water, I'm going to make that, me and my son were going to die. And when he prophesies what's going to take place, if she gives it to him first, when he, she hears the word of the Lord, she recognizes he's a real prophet. And that expanded her capacity ah, to receive the blessing. Come on now. No other widow except her has, is blessed to the point of great financial blessing that they lack nothing for the next several years. All because, I'm talking about expanding your capacity to receive the blessing You've got to know and recognize the moment that you're in. You've got to recognize who you're standing before. You've got to recognize what the Lord is saying to you. You've got to yield to that and obey that. He said, Didn't, wasn't it not the prophet Elisha when the king of Syria was sent to him? The king has this leprosy, and Elisha doesn't even come out. He's expecting the man of God, the prophet of God, to come out, at least come out, wave his hand over. Come on, hocus pocus, come on now. Come on now, put his hand on him, say be healed. Come on, all this kind of stuff, do something. Come on now. And Elisha won't even come out of the house to meet the king. Come on now. Doesn't even get up out of his lazy boy chair. Come on now, uh, to come and see the king. He sends his servant out to the front door, and he tells him, tell the king to go down into that filthy river down there, and if he'll dip seven times, he'll come up clean as white as snow kind of thing well the king was furious he's like oh my god does the prophet of god really understand who i am come on now i am i am i am i've traveled all of this way and he can't even come and talk to me personally what what is going on here right and he walks away furious but as they were going down the road he has somebody that's with him that recognized the moment. Ah. He recognized what was happening. He recognized the word of the Lord. Uh, thank God, come on, because sometimes we're going through life and sometimes for whatever reason we're not recognized. But if you'll stay connected, come on now, you need to be connected to people that know how to recognize when God is moving. Come on now, you need to stay connected to, to people who recognize the word of the Lord, who know when God is speaking and when God is not speaking. I don't know, I'm actually dumbfounded by believers who go to churches day in and day out or weekend and week out and yet they they're not really fed there, and they're not really growing there. But that because they're so comfortable being with their friends and other people kind of thing, and yet mm, they never want to leave that and get really connected to people who really recognize what's happening. 
I'm telling you right now, right now, until your life will change if you only allow people to be in your circle who understand how to recognize a moment. Uh, he said, man, he said, King, if he told you something really hard to do, you would have done it. He just told you something simple to do. Go jump in a river. Come on, man. And man, if you just dip, go up and down seven times, you're going to be healed. How easy could that be? And so, because he had somebody in his life that could recognize, he reaped the harvest of blessing and his capacity to receive it was increased because somebody recognized what was really happening. Are you following me tonight? You follow me? Come on now. You, you got to recognize. You got to recognize. You got to recognize. We just got done two weeks traveling in New Orleans doing a conference. We were in the state of Wisconsin. And there was all kinds of moments that took place. All kinds of moments where I got to prophesy over people for pastors and leaders from all different cities and states and even nations. nations from their different nations there. And prophesied over all of them in every meeting that came. And, and I would recognize. I would just stand there and I would just watch and I would recognize the moment. I would recognize what's happening. I would recognize and see and then I would go over there and prophesy and it would be exactly I just want, I'm going to say this to the glory of God. Don't please do not, please hear my heart if you've been around me uh, more than a you know, a couple of days kind of thing, you'll understand that I'm not saying this out of pride, but I'm telling you right now, 100% of every prophetic word that I gave was right on and, and it's coming to pass even now kind of thing. And when I recognize the moment, you can't just, you can't. And so you got to recognize the moment and then move out, move out, move out. Understanding the authority that you have. Uh, come on now, the anointing, the level of anointing that will manifest in your life is tr directly tied to your understanding of the authority that you carry. Let me say that again. The anointing that's in your life mm, will manifest to the, to the level that you understand the authority that you already have as a son and daughter of God to move. And as you move in the authority, see, I don't, I don't wait, I don't sit around and wait for uh, goosebumps. I don't wait, wait for the cloud of glory to show up. I understand the authority that God has given to me to prophesy over people kind of thing. And so I just got to look at them and I understand the authority and I begin to move out in the authority that I've given them, that God has given to me. And as I do that, the anointing begins to manifest. Come on, you're following me. And so people are waiting around and they want to 14 confirmations before they do anything for the Lord kind of thing. No, no, you got to understand, man, you have been given already all authority, all power, and all dominion, and it's tied direct. That's why you got to stir. That's why he said to Timothy, Timothy, there's a faith that's on the inside of you that's living and bursting that's been given to you by your grandmother and your mother but you got to stir that thing up Timothy it's your response stir that faith up stir that gift up come on now stir it up you got the power you got the authority but you got to move out in the authority that you've been given and as you do that the gift will be stirred and the anointing will flow lives will be changed Amen. recognize recognize the moment kind of thing it was, I was in, a, after the conference, I was at the pastor's house, and um, we were getting ready, to, Tuesday, we were getting ready to leave early, uh, on Tuesday, but we were at, the, at his house on a Monday night, just eating, eating dinner with the pastor and his wife and kind of thing, and he, he got a call from his brother and, uh, and said, listen, my brother wants to bring a friend over. Now, this is like, this is like I don't know, like at night. This is at night. I just, I just, I just spent a whole week 
preaching, teaching, prophesying. I'm getting ready to go to the second leg of the trip kind of thing. I'm like exhausted kind of thing. I'm just going to say that. I'm almost exhausted kind of thing. It's like a Monday. I'm just trying to relax. I'm just trying to get ready for the next leg of the trip kind of thing. Kind of thing. So he says, is it all right if I bring, if they, bring, if they, they come over tonight? So I'm like, yeah, that, that's, total, that's totally fine. So they come. We're just kind of hanging out in the living room kind of thing. And, uh, and so we well, come to find out that, uh, you know, the, the pastor himself, he's a young pastor, but uh, before he came into the ministry, he was uh, Back in the day, he was a really, really good football player kind of thing. And his brother was an incredibly good football player. And the guy that they brought over was, I mean, this guy was big, good looking. Uh, he was the quarterback, quarterback, not only in, when they played, but quarterback in, in a major university down there in the state of Louisiana. Big time quarterback kind of thing in college kind of thing. And so they show up, and they're just, so we're sitting there, I'm chatting for a little bit with them kind of thing, and then I just say, can I, can I pray with you? And so I begin to pray over him and begin to just prophesy, recognize the moment that we're in, recognizing the moment. And just by, I didn't feel anything. I just want to emphasize it again. I didn't feel anything. Uh, I didn't feel something surging up out of me. I didn't feel anything come on me. I didn't feel the goosebumps. I didn't feel the atmosphere was about as dead as a doornail kind of thing. But that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. I've been walking with the Lord, so it doesn't matter if the atmosphere is charged or it's not charged, if it's dead. Whether it's full of faith or it's full of doubt, it doesn't matter. I know the authority that I carry as a son of the living God. And so I just make, I take a step of faith, come on now, recognizing a moment, come on now, recognizing that God is about to do something there, no matter how exhausted I feel, it has nothing to do with how I feel or don't feel, what's happening, what's not happening kind of thing. So I put my hand and begin to prophesy over him about his future and what is going on and then towards the end I begin to prophesy about some things that took place in his past and uh, about him two times almost dying and this God supernaturally intervening and saving his life when I begin to do that this big old big crazy quarterback guy started weeping like a little baby uh, right there and he just wept and he wept and he wept and he wept because he knew that in spite of everything God was still with him and still for him come on are you listening to me are you listening now unbeknownst to me I did not know that he that his his friend just picked him up out of jail he just spent five days in jail because he'd been married for he's been married for one year and his marriage isn't the best kind of thing and and they argue a lot kind of thing well the 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 fam some family members of, of the wife kind of thing called the police and made a false police report and the, without investigating the police just came and arrested him and put him in jail with with you know, all kinds of mm, just some nasty people for five days straight and he didn't do a thing so now, I mean, can you imagine you didn't do a thing and you spent five days in jail kind of thing and all because some people just don't like you kind of thing. And, uh, and so, uh, so you come out of that thinking, I mean, this guy had everything. He had the world by its tail kind of thing. Now he's lost. He looks like he's losing everything. But all it takes, come on now, is recognizing the moment. He recognized the moment. Come on, take it. Just coming to that house that late at night 
was a huge step of faith for this young man kind of thing. And God met him there and it expanded. I recognize the moment. Come on now. Uh, in another meeting in the state of Illinois, I was sitting, actually it was a Sunday morning, and Sue was teaching, Sue was preaching and teaching, and, uh, and so I was sitting there in the front row, and, I, and uh, there was a, a couple that was sitting next to me, and I, and I just, I recognize something, the Lord is doing something in this couple's life, and, uh, and uh, unbeknownst to me that these guys were really I mean, they have absolute, I knew that they had, were like, had an apostolic authority and call upon their lives, but I didn't know their background or their history or anything like that. Well, come to find out that these guys have been, you know, doing this for years, decades. I mean, traveled with, if I said these names, you would know who these people, they traveled everywhere with high profile uh, ministers that had global platforms and they did that for years so the, these people are extremely well connected with all kinds of people in the body of Christ kind of thing and I had no idea about that and so I'm just sitting there and uh, and then uh, they were not going to be and I'm preaching the second service but they weren't able to they weren't going to be able to stay and so I, I was sitting there so I literally at the end when Sue got done I just seized the moment you, you, you go out by faith and I said before you go let me decree the word of the Lord over you kind of thing. And uh, when we got later in the day, we met all of these pastors and, and, and they showed up at the restaurant kind of thing. She leaned over and told me, now they've been, they've been walking with the Lord for like 40 years. She said, I wanted to share with you that prophetic word that you gave me was the most accurate and most profound word I've ever received in my entire life. Come on now. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm just sitting in the pew. Come on, listening to my wife teach kind of thing, <clears throat> recognizing a moment. you got to recognize what's happening around you. Uh, today, today, I'm going to, and I'll, I'll close with this right here. Today, I'm in, I go to LA Fitness almost every day. I work out for one hour on the elliptical machine. Then I sit for 30 minutes in a 180-degree sauna. I sit there until I feel like I'm about to pass out, and then I leave. Okay, and so that's how I, that's how I feel, okay, I'm almost falling over. I better go get out of here now. That's how I work, it kind of thing. And uh, so I'm in there. So I walk in there. There's two African-American gentlemen sitting in the sauna. So I go over. I sit over here in the corner kind of thing, and they're, they're chatting kind of thing. And then they, one, they, I could tell that they knew each other kind of thing. And so the one says, he goes, are you a, are you a vaxxer? Or a non-vaxxer. Come on now. <laughs> I, love that. I love how they talk like that. It's like, vaxxer. Are you a vaxxer or non-vaxxer? Come on. Evil, not evil. You know, kind of, that's the way they were phrasing kind of thing, right? And so, <laughs> and he goes, I'm a non-vaxxer. I'm a non-vaxxer too kind of thing. And so then after about, a, about another 60 seconds, said, well, we should, we should, uh, now here's what happens now. I'm sitting there. Before they even say anything, I'm just sitting there kind of thing. And I read the Bible. I got my phone with me in, in the song. I read the Bible every day in the, in the song for 30 minutes kind of thing. And, uh, and so, uh, but when I got in there, I heard the Holy Spirit say, he said, son, put down your phone. So I put down my phone. When I hear the Holy Spirit tell me to do something like that, something's about to happen. Woo, 
you got so you got to recognize the moment. Come on now, you got to recognize the moment, kind of thing. Obey the Holy Spirit. Try not to do not let your mind or your ways of thinking get in the way. Or just obey whether it makes sense or not, kind of thing. I'm like, what do you what do you mean? Put your phone down. Don't you want me to read the word? Don't you want me to read the word? Don't you want me to read? The, no, put the phone down. Do not read the word right now. Obey the Lord. Come on now, you're listening to me. And so as I do that, watch this, watch this now. And they said, oh, oh, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't say this. We don't know, uh, we, don't, we don't want to offend, uh, we don't want to offend um, <clears throat> this gentleman over here in the corner here, you know, because they started talking about the vaccine and stuff like that. And so then the one guy goes, there, he goes, are you a vaxxer or non-vaxxer? And I said, I'm a non-vaxxer. And they said, well, why is that? I said, because... I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Woo! And then all of a sudden they go, what? And then they're like, come on, somebody. Right? They jump up out of the sauna. They come running over. They say, they're like giving me knuckles. I'm like, glory be to God forevermore kind of thing. Right? Woo! These two African guys. You know, African guys. They're like, woo! Glory be to God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I was like, that's right, man. We got the, I said, I begin to tell them that. I've been on, I've been dozens and dozens of planes throughout the two years of the COVID all over the place around hundreds and hundreds of people praying. All kinds of never once contacted COVID. Not once one shot nothing like that kind of thing because i actually i have a living faith on the inside of me i'm not i don't live by accident i live intentional every day and recognizing the moments that's before me kind of thing and so they said wow they said man whoo and so i begin to tell them about uh, what i do that i'm a pastor kind of thing okay so i tell them i'm a pastor and they're like oh my god and he said what's your name i said i'm dan my name is dan shirst and i said i'm a pastor i've been pastoring for 35 years and I'm a fourth generational pastor the guy at the other end he jumps up and he says I'm a pastor too and my name is Dan too come on somebody and he's like yeah that's right come on now and give me more knuckles come on now so we got two pastor Dan's in the sonic and, I, and he's like man what do you tell me about yourself so I've been telling him about what we do at the church I told him about tonight I told him about traveling around the world kind of thing and I told him what I was going to be teaching on tonight so I began to teach and preach in the sauna right there come on now just like I'm doing here tonight and they're like oh my god that is so powerful man i need to hear the pastor like i need to hear this kind of stuff the other guy's like man i got goosebumps on top of my goosebumps in the sauna come on now oh my god we never heard nothing like that before right there and then the pastor said man don't you go nowhere he said i don't believe in coincidence i'm going out to get my card i'm coming back i'm getting a car we're going out to lunch and i'm gonna have you come and preach at my church he said my church needs to hear what you got there pastor dan come on all because when you recognize the moment and begin to move and obey by faith, uh, your capacity begins to increase on the inside of you to receive a greater measure of God's blessing for you. Are you listening to me? So that's how I, 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 li I live this out. Come on now. I live this out. I live this out in everyday life. It's a living faith that's transferred. So you know, here's what's happening. Man. The faith that was in me was being transferred to this pastor and this other man. Something was exploding on the inside of them. Like, oh my God. See what you have. If you know what you have. Come on now. You can give that which I have, Peter said to the guy who was lame at the gate called Beautiful. He said, I 
guy. He didn't, he didn't, the Lord didn't tell him to pray for him. He didn't say, Lord, do you want to heal this guy? No, he didn't waste any time. He understood the authority that he had from Jesus. Come on, Jesus gave him all authority. He moved. He saw somebody that was in need. He said, mm, I already got the authority. He said, now you watch. You look at me. That which I have, I'm now about to transfer it to you. And when he said those words, the faith of Peter jumped into the heart of this lame man. He grabbed him by the hand. He jerked him to his feet. And the, began, the man began to run around praising God, giving glory because he recognized what was in front of him. Jesus said, the reason I'm, uh, uh, it's not because I can't do miracles here in Nazareth, because I can, but I won't be able to do it because you can't recognize who's standing before you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to recognize, see, if you want the blessing of God to increase the measure in your life, you got to have a greater capacity to receive that, but that's tied directly to you using your faith to recognize a moment because it takes faith that you can't recognize a moment without faith there's no such thing so you've got to be able to move with faith recognize this is a moment uh, and then you step into it by faith recognize this is a moment step into it by faith recognize this is a moment Step into it by faith, and as soon as you step into it, your capacity on the inside will begin to literally be expanded, and the, the measure of God's blessing is about to absolutely increase in your life. Did somebody get something out of that tonight? Come on, if you did, give God the glory for that. Hallelujah! We praise you, Lord. Woo! Come on now. Hey! Hallelujah. Just lift, you, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, if you're listening here tonight on the call, on Facebook, on the podcast, come on, right there, right there, right now. Here's a moment, here's a moment, here's a moment. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, there's going to be a supernatural, it's been happening all night long, a supernatural transfer of faith is taking place. The gift of God, the gift of faith is coming to you now in the name of Jesus by the authority that's been given to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. I release that which I have I now give it unto you in the name of Jesus may the eyes of your inner man be enlightened uh, that may that you might be able to see 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 what's happening in front of you to see what's happening in you to see what's happening around you uh, so that you can seize the moment so that you can recognize by a revelation of the Holy Spirit that this is a moment that you need to step in to with intentional faith and as you do that out of obedience mm, your ability to receive a greater measure of the blessing of God will be your portion it's just a, it's a law of the kingdom uh, it's a law don't waste another second of your life begging God to bless you uh, you are blessed way beyond your wildest imagination even now in the name of Jesus mm, the faith of Abraham brought the blessing upon his life. Uh, the same faith will bring his blessing upon you. Jesus became the curse that 
the blessings of Abraham might. The mood of possibility. It's all there right before you. You just got to step out in faith. And take and receive that which has already been given unto you. And it's the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Father in you that leads you, guides you, directs you, nudges you, prompts you, helps you to recognize the moment, even gives you the faith and the authority to step into the moment to receive a greater measure of the blessing. That's why you need to be utterly and completely dependent upon the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit. Sir, I ask you now to take the seed of your word that's been deposited into our hearts here tonight and seal it now in the name of Jesus that this seed might be able that we take the seed of your word. We're going to meditate on it tonight. We're going to meditate on it tomorrow. You said if we meditate day and night mm, and look not to the right or to the left, do not anything to distract us, but keep our eyes on the word of God. Keep the word of God in your mouth, meditating it. Keep it in your mind and in your heart and in your thoughts. Then your spirit, he says, Joshua 1, 8 says that the word that God's given you, come on now, you will go forth and it will give you the wisdom that you will make your way prosperous and you will make your way successful by virtue of the word of God on the inside of you so I thank you father for that now thank you Lord say I'll receive your word tonight come on now yes in Jesus name